Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. You are about to enter another dimension. A dimension not only out of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into wondrous land of imagination. Next stop, Nick's Nerd News. I, you know what, I, let, let, let's start over there, huh? No, I'm your host, Nick, obviously, because this is Nick's Nerd News. And if you weren't aware, that was uh, essentially how the Twilight Zone would start every week back in the day. And I was inspired, essentially, due to the teaser we got uh, during the Super Bowl. And, and I'll, I'll get to that in, in a bit. And speaking of the Super Bowl, man, that was a boring game, huh? Just all defense. Great for defense fans, but hell, hell, I'm a, I'm a Pats fan and, and I was bored during that game. Good on them for winning, though, because I love it. It's great. Tom's the goat, man. But hey, we're not here to talk about sports, are we? We're here to talk about nerd news. And that's what I'm going to do. So let's jump right into things here. To start things off, always with video games, as as per the usual here, a bit of a surprise happened last week. Metro Exodus, the game that drops on the 15th, uh, the sequel to Metro 2033 and then Metro Last Light. Uh, it's been available on Steam since it was announced pretty much uh, last E3, or two E3s ago, I want to say. And all out of a sudden, they, the developers, Deep Silver, pulled it from, pulled it from Steam and decided to go with exclusively on the Epic Game Store, which doesn't really make sense. Because what about all those people that pre-ordered on, on Steam? So it turns out those people will still get it. But it turns out that you won't be able to buy it on Steam after that. Which, which is a, a, a little a little ridiculous. Causing... A, um, I don't think there was a, a review bomb per se. But there's been a lot of backlash. And a lot of people want to actually boycott the game. Because it's like, why... Why would it be available on Steam and allow all these people to pre-order it and say it's coming to Steam, it's coming to Steam? And a lot of people don't pre-order games. There's a big uh, brouhaha, if you will, in the gaming uh, industry fandom about the whole idea of pre-ordering and things like that. But wh why would you do that and then pull it at the last minute, per se? I mean, it's not exactly the last minute. We we're still two weeks out. But that that's... um. It's a really odd thing to do, don't don't you think? That why, why I, I don't understand the for starters, like I said, I, I don't understand the the business decision behind this. For one, the Epic Game Store does not have the functionality that Steam does. There's no there's no achievements because that that's on pretty much every platform at this point. There's no friends list there's no review user reviews which can you really trust those anymore nowadays and and several other and, and and of course there's several other issues that that come along with that but i i'm not here to say that 
Steam is perfect or amazing or anything like that because Steam kind of controls the market right now and there's nothing wrong with with having a little competition because competition is good for the industry. It, It allows for things to not get stale or stuck in their ways or anything like that. And and I will I would gladly welcome a competitor to Steam because EA Origin is is garbage, and I I don't have a lot of experience with the Blizzard storefront just because I I don't I don't own any Blizzard games I I got Destiny two on on Xbox so I I wasn't involved in in that situation but the and, and and then the Windows Store on on Windows 10 is is okay. It's not it's not ideal. Granted, I haven't used it a whole lot since I got a newer, faster computer. So there there's a whole lot of things that I wouldn't know if it if it's faster or not than than what it used to be. So I, I don't want to say anything like that. It's just when you buy a game on the Windows Store, there there are things that work in the in in their benefit. You get it, it when you're playing it, it, it falls into your Xbox space essentially. So you can earn achievements, you can com- uh, chat with friends and, and things like that from your Xbox game gamer tag if, if you have one. And then, of course, any of their games that are, are part of their Windows Anywhere or Xbox Play Anywhere, excuse me. So if you buy it on the Windows Store on your PC, you get it on your Xbox as well, or if you buy it digitally on your Xbox, you get it on your PC as well. Like I, I've taken advantage of that with with um, uh, Halo Wars and, and some other games, things like that. A, a lot of games I buy physical, so it doesn't always apply. But the thing is, Steam has a control on the market. You can't get everything on Steam, so that that's the other other problem. And it, it's just it's hard to to do things. So, case in point, Anthem. I don't think Anthem's going to be in Steam and you you have to get it through you have to get it through the EA Origin store. And and that's a pain in the ass if if you're getting it on PC. I'll I'll just say that. So, that that's a problem. Granted you can get it early if you have EA access and and all those things, but it it it's like some of these things I understand. EA wants their big giant game to only be able to be purchased through their storefront. I understand that. But look look at Epic now. They're they're going to be somewhat of a contender now cuz like I, I I think I said The Division 2 was going there last week and then now it's getting Metro Exodus, which is going to be a huge game. So that's the thing. While this is great, the Epic Game Store is still missing some key features that will prevent it from being a real true Steam competitor at the t- at this current time. So, I mean, that that's that. We also got the Fantastic Four news that, that Insomniac had teased for Spider-Man, and it turns out it was just two different outfits to get in the game. The Bombastic Bagman, which is uh, Spider-Man wearing a Fantastic Four suit but with a bag on his head. And then the Future Foundation suit. So when the the Fantastic Four had these like white outfits that a lot of different characters wore, it just those two. Also, uh, Xbox hired someone from Nintendo to be head of their portfolio. So Damon Baker was actually head of like indies at Nintendo, and now essentially his job is 
to help expand the portfolio of games that come to Xbox, be it second party, third party, things like that. Um, not necessarily first party. That's Matt Booty's job in charge of, of Xbox Game Studios, which they just recently renamed to from Microsoft Studios. GameStop, uh, which I had reported on last week, was working out getting a buyer. Was that last week? That might have been two weeks ago. Apparently that that's just over now. They are not seeking a buyer anymore, and their stocks fell 25%. So that's what happens. The market doesn't like the market does not like uncertainty or changing things at the last minute. So we'll we'll see how that affects GameStop in the future. Uh, I'm gonna get to the Anthem demo and Kingdom Hearts in 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 a little bit. I just want to talk about some other news. So last week, rumors have been flying around. About the so, if you played Watch Dogs two, uh, Ubisoft game, you you play a hacker obviously, and you can actually hack Ubisoft San Francisco, which is hilarious. Did I talk about this last week? I might have. And you can hack Ubisoft, and and in one of the hacks or one of the um one of the files you download illegally, you find a like teaser trailer for this space based game that Ubisoft San Francisco was working on, and it actually was a legitimate teaser for a legitimate game that they were working on. And rumors last week were swirling that the game had been canceled. Well, now new rumors are out saying that the game has actually just been retooled, rebooted, essentially, and it's now going to be... It was going to be an an adventure or action-based game and is now going to be a, a, a shooter. But again, we don't have a whole lot of information on that game other than a very vague, strange teaser inside of Watch Dogs 2. Maybe Ubisoft will announce more of it sometime this year, maybe E3, but but no real word on, on that just yet. And then uh, Sony is reportedly shifting first-party development completely to the uh, PlayStation 5, which is not unexpected, where just over two years out, or just over a year, uh, just under two years out from the projected launch of PS5. It's projected next fall, so I'm sure they're going to want to have games ready and done for fall of 2020, and I'm sure some of these games will be um, uh, cross, uh, or uh, not backwards compatible per se, but but cross-generational, like they tend to do at, at, at launch. And speaking of that, there's actually been rumors flying around about a suspected patent that Sony had filed that could hint at possible backwards compatibility on the PlayStation 5, which is funny because, what, late uh, last year or late the year before, Sony, some Sony executive had, had mocked the whole idea of backwards compatibility on Xbox, saying, like, oh, it's not something that's important, and then... Like a month or two later, Xbox comes out with a stat that said like billions of backwards compatible hours have been played since it launched. So obviously Sony is listening to their player base and understands that this is something that is demanded, which kind of flies in the face too though of of the failed launch of the PS, PS Classic. But in reality, the PS Classic was not what it could have been. It was a, a, a ton of wasted potential there. And when you have it stacked up against the NES Classic and the Super NES Classic and and the list of games on on those devices and and the price for that and the price for the PS Classic and its list of games. It's like, what 
where's the disconnect here? Was one just making a quick buck and and one was being pure nostalgia and 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 things like that. So, but of, of course, I'm sure we won't know until late this year, early next year about PlayStation 5 and the potential next Xbox. If if you follow me on on social media, Nick's Nerd News that is, I posted a uh, a Shaggy meme which kind of blew up the last couple weeks. A lot of memes have been posted about Shaggy. Yes, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Like, zoinks, dude! Um, a, a lot of funny memes took over about making like Shaggy out to be be a god, essentially. And so somebody tweeted Ed Boon, the, the creator of the creator of, of Mortal Kombat, and was like, hey man, uh, why don't we get Shaggy into Mortal Kombat 11? And then a petition started on change.org, and then one started to put uh, Scooby-Doo and Injustice, and granted, this would be very easy, because Warner Brothers owns NetherRealm Studios, who makes the Mortal Kombat games, and Warner Brothers owns uh, uh, Scooby-Doo. So obviously, it wouldn't it wouldn't be hard to do. And then, of course, Ed Boon has to go out and tweet a, a mock-up of what... Scooby or uh, what Shaggy would look like in Mortal Kombat, which is just in in insane. And he tweeted hack and slash Shaggy variation. So the internet went wild, and and of course he plays with it, and he he he's been tagging a lot of fun concept art and stuff. He he's he's one of the great developers on, on who have a great online presence because he interacts with the fans and things like that. But obviously we're probably not gonna get Shaggy in Mortal Kombat 11 just purely off of. Him being a more kid-friendly character uh, who would lend himself more to Injustice, like how the more, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were added to Injustice 2. But it's fun to think about, especially with him being a, a god and all lately. Uh, in terms of, of E3, I know I had mentioned it a tiny bit. Uh, Phil Spencer was on the Major Nelson podcast. And with, with Sony not being at E3, people were wondering if maybe Xbox would tone down or not anything like that. But he promises it's going to be one of their biggest and best E3s. They are not backing down. They are not. Uh, they 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 decided to not save money or anything. They want to go full on and uh, get everyone ready for, for the future, essentially. But uh, that's just all marketing speak. So who knows what the reality will be. And then... Uh, a couple different things. Mario Kart Tour has been delayed to this summer, which is going to be a new Switch game. And then Crackdown 3 campaign is been rumored to be around, or or confirmed, semi-confirmed, be about 15 hours in length. So Crackdown 3 also comes out on February 15th. And um, before I get into uh, the Anthem demo and Kingdom Hearts first impressions... Uh, got some big stuff to tease for next week, so make sure you guys come and listen next week, alright? I, I want you to be prepared for some um, big stuff I'm going to be talking about uh, in terms of, of gaming news. No, I don't have any scoops, unfortunately. I, I'm not privy to that kind of information, but but some cool stuff. Cool stuff I'm going to be talking about that, that's been a uh, little, little, little unexpected, to say the least. Hey, uh, you've, you've been waiting this whole time now for me to talk about one game in particular, that is Kingdom Hearts. But you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer, because I'm going to talk about Anthem first. And the Anthem wide release demo was available this past weekend, and I spent about two hours in it, just because that that's really the only free time I had to get in. 
and it was Super Bowl weekend, you know, so so Sunday, a, l- a large portion of my day Sunday was was eaten up with that. And Saturday, I, I had some some things to do for for the family. But anyway, I got about two hours in and it, it dumps you. It dumped you, not dumps you because you can't go play it anymore. It dumped you into the middle of the campaign, somewhere around uh, where you're level 10-ish. And you start off with the main um, with the main javelin. That's what they're calling the exosuits. And you, you play a couple missions. I, I don't want to get too deep into story because it obviously spoiler reasons and, and things like that. But it has to do with you going on not not exactly a fetch quest i don't, I don't want to say that because it, it's not really a, a fetch quest per se but obviously because it's a shared shared world shooter almost every mission is is uh matchmaking almost almost like how almost like how um uh um red dead online is and what's interesting is Granted, you you don't have to go in with with each of these people, but they're they're gonna show up on your map, and it's it's teams of four, so it's not like an MMO like like some people have have claimed and and things like this. But it it's it's fun, a, a really fun, and and that 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 didn't seem like in any of uh, have any emotion behind it. But no, I I was cautious going in, just because it's a shared world shooter, and and and. Bungie let us down a bit with Destiny and and Destiny 2, but I had a lot more fun than I expected. And I'll I'll post a gameplay clip that I recorded uh, onto the Nick's Nerd News Instagram, but it was a lot of fun. And flying around is is very intuitive and, and easy to get behind. The combat is very similar to Mass Effect 2 and 3 where they had perfected that. I mean, it, it is a BioWare game, so that makes sense. Uh, the the enemies aren't bu- bullet sponges. The 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 thing the different abilities you have work really well. And and granted, you're playing with a lot of people that also have the same javelin. So ev- everyone's just kind of got to balance their their skills. But with that being said, you can actually pick up different weapons and things like that. The unfortunate thing about that is there are loot drops with enemies and things like that. You just can't change your weapons until you get back to like the base camp, the social hub. Uh, it's not really a social hub, I should say, because it's it's um it's just you there. But it's um uh like like the base of operations fort tarsus is, is is what it's called but the other thing i wasn't expecting is you can actually customize your javelin each javelin which i'm guessing you can unlock throughout the game so you can play with with the different ones you'll be able to unlock different armor variations so different arms legs helmets bodies things like this and of course you'll be able to customize with color and different skins and things like this so it it will be uh, they'll they'll give you more personalization options than than I I originally thought there was going to be. And granted, you you have to kind of do that in this kind of game because it is you're 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 playing your own character, and it's it's not like the Mass Effect games where you're playing as a already pre-existing character. You're just kind of playing an uh, un- unmasked, not unmasked, but um, you're playing a character whose face you don't see. So it, it's you're you're the character almost like Master Chief or your Spartan per se 
in in Halo. But 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 that's besides the point. There is a nice selection of weapons, and depending on your javelin, depends on if you can use said weapons or not. Not not every javelin can hold weapons. Like there's a heavy that can hold a auto cannon. It's almost like a almost like a Gatling gun type type weapon that that uh, a chain gun. Excuse me that winds up before it fires but it's all over the damn place it's hard to control they all have different secondary abilities things like this and it's surprisingly just like i said very intuitive and and very easy to to play and and get a hold of and the the two hours i played was 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 all i needed uh you you play a couple missions and there's a, a um like strongholds type of thing where you, you go and, and fight some enemies and as a team, obviously. But l- like I said, two hours was, was all I needed to justify me buying this game. That, that's how much fun I had off the demo alone that, that I didn't have that I didn't have with destiny that I didn't ha- have with some other things. And I'm very excited for this game. It is gorgeous looking. I, I should have a 4K TV by the time it comes out, so I, I can't wait to see how it looks there. On a 1080, it looked amazing. So we'll we'll see how that turns out. Like I said, I'll post a clip on, on the Knicks Nerd News Instagram, so so check that out. It's about a 30-second clip. So be on, be on the lookout for that. I, I don't want to talk too much about it until it comes out February 22nd. And uh, I'm hoping to get get a lot of time into that in the next uh, in the next two weeks after it comes out. So so there's that. Uh, another demo this week that I'll talk about on next week's episode is the Division Two beta. I got the VIP data, so I'll have access to it for a couple extra days. But uh, I'll be definitely talking about that on next week's episode. So if you have any interest or things like that, come back and listen next week. Okay, let, let's get to the big one here, and that's Kingdom Hearts. After 13 long years, it is finally, finally in our hands. And I'm a little disappointed. And, and, and granted, that that's natural. I mean, when you build up a hype for a game over, over 13 years, you're, you're going to have not all of your expectations are going to be met. That That's just... When, when you're waiting that long for something... That's going to happen. It, it happened with Star Wars. It, it happened with with um, Terminator Genesis. It, it happened with a lot of different things. But my my biggest complaint in the first couple hours, I'm about six hours in. My biggest complaint, and it was infuriating. That That's how much it was. I almost wanted to stop playing. There is just an uh, insane amount of cutscenes. And and it's, it's sticking to that JRPG-like villa that it lives in you know this 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 idea that it's it's half western rpg half half jrpg and it's just like every fucking like corner you turn is a cutscene, and 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 it it breaks up gameplay so much that it's like oh god damn it like why is this happening now and and it, a lot of times it's just filler and bullshit that that isn't necessary and other times they drag on for a ridiculous amount of time. Like, at least with Kojima games, his cutscenes are long, but they're broken up in between long stretches of gameplay as well. So it's not just like, oh, I'm going to play for a couple of minutes. Oh, here's like a three, four minute cutscene. Oh, I'm going to play for a couple of minutes. Oh, here's a really long cutscene. No. And, and that just, 
it's like it it it's not fun when that happens my my other complaint is it relies way way too much on the offshoot games that came out for ds and psp and things like that granted i shouldn't be making having any complaints because i have those games and should have played them beforehand but because of time constraints and other things i didn't get a chance to so so granted that's all on me but that's not the same for other people not everyone could get 2.8 final mix or 1.5 and 2.5 final mix and things like that not everyone can buy multiple games a year or some people might not even know those exist. Like, think about all the... Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming, is, is, was released on Xbox One as well. Think about all those people that did not buy a PS4 this generation and played Kingdom Hearts on, on PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 and are now getting Kingdom Hearts 3 on, on Xbox One and did not have a DS or anything like that. They're going to be just as lost as I am. Not everyone is going to go to YouTube and watch an hour-long video to get the whole story of Kingdom Hearts. Yes, there's like a like a story roundup thing on in Kingdom Hearts 3 that you have access to right from the main menu, but it, it, it's... Oh, God, it does a terrible job of explaining things. It doesn't even talk about Kingdom Hearts 2. It, it barely touches on, like, Dream Drop Distance and Birth by Sleep and, and those games. And... The main story, it's just so focused on that in Kingdom Hearts 3, and I'm just, I'm lost. I'm so confused, because they're talking about characters and events, and I'm just like, god damn it, why didn't I go back and play those? And I almost want to stop playing and go play them, which I probably should do, and I don't have time for, because, like, a hundred games come out in February, but it's just, it's frustrating, that I'm going to have to do this now. And, and, and I really shouldn't have had to. Because I, I, I get that I have access to them and so does everyone else. But there, there shouldn't you shouldn't have to do that. E- even for Xbox One owners, I'm, I'm still shocked that 2.8 or the story so far, which is a collection of 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 in one, didn't come to Xbox. And, and I don't know if that has to do with Sony's ownership of Square Enix uh, or a percentage of Square Enix. Square Enix at the time of, of when those games were originally made and and, and other convoluted things, but I, I just, I don't, I don't know, and it, it, it's bugging me. The other thing is this game doesn't feel like a current-gen game, and, and that, that's not a good thing either, because granted, it's a cartoonish style, like, hey, look at, Fort, look at Fortnite, look at PUBG, those aren't 100% finished games, but... It, it doesn't look like it's taking full advantage of the new system's capabilities, which, which is a shame. Granted, I, I haven't gotten to the Pirates of the Caribbean world, which is the more, most realistic in them, so I, I can't say for certain. I've only, done, I've only done Twilight Town, Mount Olympus, and I'm currently on, on the Toy Story world, which the Toy Story world looks great, but... I, I want to see what happens when I get to uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean world. On on top of that, though, too, with, with the couple places I've played, I, I don't feel like they're utilizing the Disney worlds as much as they did in the older ones. 
and I'm, I'm probably two thirds of the way done with Toy Story toy, toy Box. So I I don't know. And and the Mount Olympus thing was was okay. The thing that I didn't understand is um, minor spoilers here. You, you fight the Titans again on Mount Olympus. So the Rock Titan, Ice Titan. They threw in some other ones that you didn't actually fight in the previous games. If you've seen Hercules, you 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 know this. They've been in a lot of the trailers for the games. And you fight the Rock Titan and the Ice Titan, and they added that you fight the Lava Titan and the Tornado Titan. I don't, I don't know what he's called. But they, they, they hamper them down to essentially boss fights on what amounts to be... Essentially, it's the prologue. They call it... They literally opened the game with Kingdom Hearts 2.9 for Mount Olympus, which, again, fucking stupid. But in in Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2, you had the Colosseum or the arena. I don't remember what they called it, but it was with Hercules, and that's... Um, and, and you could fight different enemies, and it was a tiered ranking system, and you could get, like, trophies and things like that. It was almost like... Uh, uh, wave-based, essentially. And you could fight bosses and and things like that that were extra leveled up. And in that game mode was the Rock Titan in one of them and the Ice Titan in another. And those were very hard, very complicated fights. They weren't just like, "Uh, let me just do this at like a low level. Like you had to be like almost max level, maxed magic, max health, things like this to take these on because they weren't simple. The complicated fights that involved a lot of different minor intricacies, and then here we are in Kingdom Hearts three, and and they're just watered down to just basic like level bosses, and and that was frustrating. Like it's like I I had to do all this work in the first two games, and then in this one it's just kind of like oh fuck you, here you go fight fight some titans. It's stupid, really dumb, actually. But uh, the voice cast is 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 good. It's phenomenal, I should say. They they got as many of the original actors as they could, so that that's great. It, it's funny because James Woods is back as as Hades, but it, it just sounds off because obviously James Woods is older, so he can't talk as as fast as he did in in, in Hercules when it came out what twenty two years ago at this point. But there's that. Some of the new en- enemy types are fun. The leveling up system is easy. This time you get to have uh, up to three Keyblades at the same time. So that that's great to offer different strategies. The summons, I don't have normal summons yet, but you can actually summon like different Disney rides. And those are actually really fun. They come in handy in, in certain fights. And there's this, on the Toy Story world, minor spoilers are here. There's a really creepy fucking doll. Just look out for that. And uh, just be wary, because that shit freaked me out the first time. And also, the, like, mecha toy that you get to control, is, is that's a really fun sequence in Toy Story as well. So, that that's what my experience with it so far. far. Like I said, I'm about seven, six, seven hours in. But if, if I had to score it right now, honestly, just because I, I'm a little disappointed and frustrated with it at points... I'd, I'd honestly just put a seven on it at this point. It, it's not, it's not earth shattering or anything like that. But I, uh, shocking, 
because I, I've been waiting for this game forever. I used to hype this series up all the time, especially one and two. And it, it's just, it's a little sad, but right now I'd, I'd put it at a seven and I, I really shouldn't because I, I haven't put that much time into it, but obviously I'll, I'll give a final score once I'm finished and I'll continue to talk about it for the next couple weeks as, as I play more, but yeah, that that's, that's kingdom hearts three, but that's it for video games. Let's kind of mosey our way on down to the couch and take a look at, see what's going on in the land of television. So got a couple different trailers this week for TV shows coming back in, in the spring. So the mid season premieres, and one of those was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is coming in the summer. And and you've heard me talk. I, I don't know how this show's going to go on without Coulson. Spoilers, obviously. It's been a year. But it turns out that that's not entirely true. They're actually going to have some kind of Coulson, as we can see now, based on the trailer. But it's going to be some alternate reality Coulson, which I, I, I don't agree with at all, because... Coulson was like the heart and soul of this show. And, and and getting rid of him and kind of doing like an alternate version of him, it, it could make or break the series, honestly. And I, I know they already renewed it for a seventh season to be on next year. And, and granted, things could... Well, they're already filming that, so we, we don't know. That probably won't get canceled at this point. But how this season plays out can affect the next one immensely. And and that's my problem when especially with how this is going when you start filming another season of a show before its current season airs because you don't know what people are going to like, you don't know how people are going to react. Granted, they they don't have to at all. Like they can do whatever the fuck they want. But with that being said, I still think that you should have a a idea if what you're doing works for your audiences cuz i mean you're you're creating the show for them essentially that's what these marvel and and dc shows work out to be this is something for this is something for them cuz that's kind of what what you're you're trying to do here and i i think it's a a a, a wrong step to start filming season 7 before this one airs just just like I said I don't know how people are going to react to the new Coulson and things like that but I'm very cautiously pessimistic here and I I don't I don't know how I'm going to feel about this but granted we won't know until it 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 actually airs speaking of of Disney owned properties John Favreau was was doing some teasing on Instagram and posted a very famous droid uh, as a teased for the Mandalorian, that droid being IG-88, a assassin bounty hunter droid. Um, he was one of the bounty hunters seen in Empire Strikes Back that Darth Vader had hired to track down Han Solo. He had a very big story in the old expanded universe and having to do with fighting Boba Fett over Tatooine and ended up getting himself installed into the Death Star 2 supercomputer. Granted, all that is is now null and void, but it will be interesting to see how they work him into the new canon. But if anything, I'd be I'd like them to bring in um, 
the killer droids from the Dr. Aphra and, and Darth Vader comic series. That that would be really cool. The John Luke Picard show, we get more news on this every day. It's it's also what's called television critics season. There's a a, a press tour called the where the Television Critics Association go and meet with executives from different um, different networks. I feel like this goes on forever sometimes, but they they had meetings with Alex Kurtzman, the producer of of all Star Trek at CBS and the the leadership at CBS, and and they said that the Jean Luc Picard show will not just be another version of of Next Generation. It will be a, a new take. It it is a character. He is playing an older Jean Luc, removed from Federation, removed from being a Starfleet captain. He's no longer in Starfleet. I wonder if they'll stick with what's considered canon in the comics where he became ambassador to, Vul- to Vulcan and, and how that plays out. No word on, on guest stars. Jonathan Frakes has said that he I, he hasn't confirmed his involvement or not, whether that be directing or guest starring as, as Riker at some point. But I, I think they're trying to do this as a multiple season show. So definitely going to get me to finally subscribe to to CBS All Access when that premieres later later this year. Uh, just like I kicked off the show, we had an ad for Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone during the Super Bowl. Uh, it was that odd commercial with Jordan Peele, obviously, where uh, it kind of shows the stadium empty and him in, in different positions at the same time and then walking through a door and going through. That's going to premiere on CBS All Access in April, actually. So... That should be exciting, based off the old Rod Sterling show from the 50s and 60s where people were put in uh, strange and, and uncomfortable situations. This is this is shocking, actually. The CW has renewed all of their Arrowverse shows, including and Riverdale and, 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 and I think Supernatural as well. I don't think that show's ever going to end at this point, but... So Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Black Lightning, and Legends of Tomorrow, that, that's all been been renewed for next season, the 2019-2020 season. And then the head of CW actually had uh, talked about Arrow, and people were wondering, like, hey, is this going to be 10 seasons like Smallville was, which was one of their longest-running shows before Supernatural? And they said that we will actually have news on the future of Arrow later this year. And if season eight will be its last, or if we'll get a season nine, which will be its last, which would be the 2020-2021 season and, and how that can go. And especially with Arrow, we're, we're, Arrow's been good lately. And we have a new Suicide Squad in Arrow called The Ghost Protocol with some other different characters. We finally know who the other Green Arrow is. So it, it it's it's picking up steam where, where Flash is still kind of trudging along the cicada storylines getting kind of boring legends isn't on right now um they'll come back later in the spring i don't watch supergirl and black lightning i'm I'm about a season and a half behind so we'll we'll get there but but really good so far uh rob liefeld i, I still haven't figured out how to say his name i should figure that out i uh, was in talks with netflix to bring his extreme universe I think it was going to be like movies or TV shows, things like this, with characters he created back in the 90s, hence the extreme. And I guess talks fell through, so he said that he is going to take his extreme universe elsewhere. <laughs> well, we'll have more news on that as it happens. We got our first look 
or we've been getting more looks at Lobo for Krypton. I think we talked about this a while back. I'm, I don't remember entirely, but Lobo looks great for season two of Krypton. That's going to be on Sci-Fi later this spring. He looks like how Lobo looks, and and that's a good thing because sometimes they take liberties with with aliens and things like this on on TV shows. But Lobo looks amazing. And uh, speaking of of DC and Arrowverse. They interviewed John or David Ramsey, who plays uh, Diggle on Arrow, and there's always been this weird, is he John Stewart, the Green Lantern, or things like this, and he said they, they've been talking about that since season one, and they kind of hinted at that in the crossover last year when the Flash of Earth-90 was like, John, where's your ring? So I'm sure we'll find out soon, especially with Crisis on Infinite Earths being the crossover for this fall, I'm sure he'll get a ring in in some form or fashion at this point this year and uh that's it for that real slow lately it's been odd it's been an odd month and a half between uh january or month and a half just january i should say when it comes to tv things like this and then uh finally i i I get this is this is amazing news if it's true uh there's a starship troopers series being considered but with the original cast of the 97 movie. So like Casper Van Dien, what's her name? Charlie Sheen's ex-wife, uh, Denise Richards. Obviously, Dina Meyer wouldn't be in it because uh, she died. And I, I wonder if they'd be able to get NPH. He's not on anything right now. So yes, fun fact, Neil Patrick Harris was in Starship Troopers. Great movie, by the way. That movie is amazing. It's a great comment on... on uh, fascism and, and things like that. Paul Verhoeven, great director, you know, of also RoboCop. But I would watch this show 100%. Starship Troopers is one of my favorite movies. And, uh, you know, it's it's do your part, citizen. Fight the bugs. But if if this ends up getting made, I'm, I'm totally down. Because even, even the, like, the, the like, B-rate sci-fi movie sequels that came out were, weren't bad. They were really cool. They expanded the story. Casper Van Dien is in the third or fourth one. I think they made a they made quite a few of them. But I I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with this. So let let's stay tuned for that. And uh, that that's kind of it. Um, it's kind of it for movies or t- TV. We haven't gotten to movies yet. Hold your horses there. Uh, no, but but uh, let let's uh, let's just round out today's episode with with movies. Okay, how about how about that? You'd, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Well, here we are now, then. This year's Super Bowl, always a, a great place for commercials, especially that uh, advertisement. Advert, advertisement. Advertisement for uh, the 100th anniversary of the NFL. That was a great one with, with Marshawn leaning over and causing the cake and the football to fall over. But, but anyway, if, if you didn't notice... This was actually the, uh, this year had the fewest amount of movie commercials uh, for a Super Bowl. And, and it's actually been on the decline the last couple of years. But uh, there were some big ones, though. We got a new TV spot for Avengers Endgame, which teased more of Hawkeye's new costume and, and look. Uh, Cap looks to be a little angry. A couple characters suiting up. Looks interesting. It's online. It's a quick little spot. We got a new... TV spot for Captain Marvel that hinted at some some good things to come and some more more about the story and and how K 
Carol fits in. Carol Danvers is her name, and and how she fits into how her her past on Earth ties in and things like this. And then we actually got a, a, a another tease for Toy Story Four, which clearly takes place now at a circus of some sort or carnival. Bo Peep has a new outfit. We got more from uh, the Key and Peele's characters. And it looks like Buzz is in a bit of a sticky situation here. It looks like he is going to be a prize for a carnival. And I wonder how they are going to get him off of that zip tie. But that game, that movie comes out in June. So so we'll see how that goes. Speaking of that, uh, Tim Allen just tweeted out that he he wrapped his voiceover work on Toy Story 4. But, but that's that. The, we only really got one movie trailer, like true movie trailer, and, and that's for Hobbs and Shaw, which is the Fra- Fast and the Furious spinoff movie. And I am very, 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 very excited for this movie. I, I do not care like at all what people think about about Hobbs and Shaw because this movie looks over the top just like the, the last five um, last five fast and furious movies the rocks their dynamic in in fast eight was was really good the rock and jason statham you know said title characters so the 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 trailer played off of that beautifully and there's a a lot of fun interactions that you see between them and then we also get our first look at we, we get our first look at idris elba as the villain and it looks like he might be playing a super villain, which it'll be interesting to see how that fits into the whole narrative narrative of of Fast and the Furious because it, they really haven't gotten gotten into like uh, sci-fi that much with with their characters. And I mean, they they kind of hinted hinted at it with Mister Nobody. I think that's his name, played by Kurt Russell, and some of the tech the CIA had, but. It looks like that Idris Elba's character might be a part of this, but oh man, like I said, it's it just you can you can fight me on this, but I I think Hobbs and Shaw is going to be amazing, and and I cannot wait. It's over the top. If you think this movie is is garbage, change my mind. Like I I really really can't wait to see Hobbs and Shaw. Check out the trailer; it's online now. If you like The Rock, if you like Jason Statham, if you like Fast and the Furious, hell, if you like Idris Elba, you'll probably enjoy this movie. But that there's that. We also got a lot of news on the DC Extended Universe front. Some of it not great. James Gunn will officially be directing the next Suicide Squad movie, which is amazing. We'll have a mostly new cast, and uh, it will be called The Suicide Squad. So a lot of confusion going on there. We got our first look at the Birds of Prey movie. Uh, it's a little bit of a teaser. I mean, they just started filming. So we got our look at how Harley's going to look in the movie, The Huntress, and uh, Black Canary. And, of course, they did show off Zaz, Black Mask, and The Question. However, they, there hasn't been any real work done. So Ewan McGregor just looked like Ewan McGregor. He doesn't have his Black Mask. I'm sure that will be added either in post-production as CGI, or maybe they just haven't finished the prop yet. Uh, Victor Zaz just looks like a normal dude. They Maybe they'll have him shirtless in the movie with all the different scars showing all the different people he's murdered. And then, of course, with the question, it just it's just regular Renee Montoya, and I'm sure they'll, they'll work something out to have her faceless because the question is faceless. So that, that looks cool. I mean, they just started filming, so... 
Not really much to go off of there. Just a look at all the characters. So that was awesome. Uh, they also announced a Super Pets movie for May of 2021, which I I guess that's cool. It's what is Crypto the Super Dog and Ace the Bat Hound that that cool? Um, and then uh, oh I I forgot to mention the Suicide Squad will release in August of 21. So a lot of movies coming out in in two years. And then the biggest news, of course was about Matt Reeves' long gestating Batman movie, which was called The Batman, now not. Some good news, some bad news. And the 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 bad news, let's let's talk about that first. Ben Affleck is officially done as Batman. And that that upsets me a lot because I, I really enjoyed him as Batman. He definitely wasn't the reason Batman vs Superman or or Suicide Squad didn't do well. He was actually one of the shining spots in those, and it, it, it's unfortunate we're losing him. I, I think there was a lot of potential with him as Batman, and it, it's I'm, I'm just really bummed about that because they want to go to a, a younger Batman, and I get it. I, I totally get it, and unfortunately the stink of those movies that I don't personally have because I, I love Batman vs. Superman. I, I think it was a great version of Batman that we haven't had on screen in a long time. Justice League was awesome. I mean, hey, we got the Justice League in a movie for the first time. But unfortunately, a lot of that stuff, I think, got put on him along with Zack Snyder. And Zack Snyder's not around anymore to, to put blame on. So, I mean, not around. is He's not involved in the DC Extended Universe anymore. But that that's unfortunate. And, and I, I hope they get someone awesome to play him, a younger one, if if that's still the case. But I, I know Ben Affleck's been going through a lot of stuff in his personal life as well, so I'm, I'm sure that that could be part of it. But as for that, let's let's get to the good news. It is going to be a focus, per Matt Reeves, it is going to be a focus on the detective aspect of Batman. Okay, Batman has always been, been, been given the name the world's greatest detective. I mean, one of his great villains, Ra's al Ghul, calls him detective, for God's sakes. So... It, it's it's awesome. We've never gotten a focus on detective. And that was my biggest, biggest gripe with the Nolan Bat films, the Dark Knight trilogy, is there's almost no aspect of, of his detective work. And, and 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 we got a hint of that in Batman vs. Superman with, with him kind of going to the, like that fight club and him investigating Luther and, and, and things like that. But uh, Lex, Lex Luther, of course. And um, I'm I'm excited to see how that goes. And they said he's going to have his his um his villains with him. So his uh, God, what is that goddamn word? I can't think of it right now. His his rogues gallery. I I don't know why it took me it took me that long, but that that's cool. And and Penguin is is like I, I mentioned last week. Penguin is supposed to be a part of that. So that that'll be cool. And and I'm excited to see how that goes because. We went from having really great Batman movies with the Burton films to really stupid, shitty, campy ones with, with the Schumacher films to a whole bunch of meh with the Nolan films to a lot of potential with Snyder slash Whedon. Whedon. I don't know how you say Joss's, Joss's last name. And um, now we'll see what Matt Reeves does, who is still a great director. I, I, I have no qualms about it. It's just... I'm 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 happy that we're getting news on this, and this movie is expected to drop 
in June of 21. So a lot, a lot going on here. So it looks like 2021 is going to be just full of DC movies, considering we're only getting one this year, two next year, and then we'll get three in in 21, all within a month of each other. Hopefully they don't cannibalize each other's box office potential. Um, if, if you were around social media the last couple weeks, I'm sure you saw the 10-year challenge, which was people posting a picture from 10 years ago next to a picture from this year or late last year, essentially. And what an awesome way Zombieland actually did this to show off the poster for the new movie, Zombieland Double Tap, hence the joke from the first movie about always doing a double tap to make sure zombies are dead. Um, But uh, they used that to show the poster from the first movie from 2009 and then the poster from the new movie, which comes out this year, so exactly 10 years, and it showed the cast, and and they they are all there, albeit much older, and uh, I'm sure we'll get a trailer for that soon. It was a great way to use... um, the current trend to announce the movie. It's, it's always fun when, when movies are self-aware like that. Speaking of, of pictures teasing movies, Will Smith dropped a picture of him and Martin Lawrence during the filming of Bad Boys for Life, otherwise known as Bad Boys 3. Can't fucking wait for that. Bad Boys 2 is amazing, amazing action piece. Michael Bay at his finest, that's for damn sure. And um, there was also a rumor flying around that because of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse's success, that we would be uh, Warner Brothers was looking at making an animated Batman Beyond movie. Will Friedel even was like, "Hey, I'm happy to come back as Terry McGinnis," but sadly, that was just a rumor, and that is not happening. And now I really want that movie because I think it would be amazing. Because we need more, we need more Batman Beyond around here. It's just there's just not enough of Batman Beyond. And fun fact. In the original cartoon, 2019 was the year that Bruce quit being Batman and decided to hand it off to Terry. So there's that. That'd be an awesome announcement this year. But uh, just a last bit of, bit of news here is um, I guess we're going to... Looks like they are... Universal's rumored at working on a new Invisible, ba- Invisible Man movie. And that's going to be coming from Lee... Was this Lee Wanell, who or Wanell? Who who cares? Um, co-creator of Saw, but that's not the only movie he's working on. He's also working on an Escape from New York reboot with uh, John Carpenter actually producing, and they want to try to avoid the trappings of the campiness of the first Escape from New York. I just wonder who they could get to play Snake Plissken nowadays. And how would that movie work in 2018? I think it like takes place in like 2017 or some some year around now, but uh, but I I I I don't know. That that'd be exciting. But that that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Next week, like I said, I got some cool gaming news to talk about. Uh, I'll talk about uh, li- this past month's loot crate. Uh, just got that recently. But that's it for this week. Uh, make sure to check me out on, on all social media, Nick's Nerd News. Just search Nick's Nerd News. Look for the logo. Also, check out nicksnerdnews.com. I uh, have a new post up there about 
my expectations and what I'm excited for for this year in, in terms of video games, movies, and TV. That's up there now. Also links to all my social media as well as links to the uh, links to listen to the show on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. So you know that uh, if you don't want to listen in a browser or anything like that, you do have those options for you. And uh, let, let's we've been going quite a while today, so let's uh, let's get the fuck out of here, huh? What what why not? All right, guys, have a good one. Catch you on the flip side.